Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is our ninth full-time Reds of the season. It is finished at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Spurs 2, Liverpool 1. I'm your host, Matt. I'm joined by my regular compadres in Chris Brack and Kev O'Sullivan. Kev, how are you doing tonight? I'm all right. I'll be better later on. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I feel, and, I feel uh, sick. I feel sick after after watching that. I have to no. I feel sick at the result, but not the performance. I feel sick at the result and the way it happened, not the performance. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a slightly different show tonight. Uh, it feels like uh, before we get properly into it, Chris. Uh, first off, man, I I love the images and uh, videos you got from the Women's Day. So that's uh, that's great for you. How you feeling? I mean, uh, highs to lows there for you this weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yesterday was a personal. High, which we might talk to at the end of the game when I'm feeling a bit better. But uh, look, it's past this clock, so uh, I hope kids are like, I'm fucking raging. I'm absolutely raging. No one likes to lose. You know, we all have times you think, oh, it's gone against us. But there is so much wrong with that result and that official, officials, sorry. The gang of dickheads, honestly, God, they couldn't find water to fill up a boat. It's ridiculous. We'll, we'll go through the decisions, but look. I feel sorry because 15 of those lads, you know, did everything you want from the Liverpool team. And listen, it's our first loss since 1st of April, you know, which is about 17, 18 games. And to beat Liverpool, you had to disallow a goal that was onside. And it definitely is onside because if it wasn't, the image would have come out by now. And you had to get down to nine men. And then it was a, a an own goal with 20 seconds to go. That's what it takes to beat Liverpool, this new Liverpool. You know, so... Listen, take our, we have to take our licks. The three points are gone, you know, so we've got to find another way of get, gaining them back somewhere 
somewhere somewhere else a different result. But fuck me, I've not seen an official that bad in ages. And I've just found out this is the same dickhead who did the uh, Man United Wolves game where he couldn't see Bernardo punching a fella's head off. So, you know, that, that's the level of competency we've got as officials for apparently one of the best leagues in the world. Give me a rest. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Everybody that watches these shows will know I'm kind of a stickler for following things through chronologically. And I, I think I'm going to have a tough time doing that tonight because I am so furious with how that match ended. Because in no way, shape, or form did we not deserve at least a point, even with the two red cards. And I'm going to throw this comment up here from just Hannah that says, The Spurs' lap of honor at the end shows the tiny mighty club they actually are. They kind of got some pelters, especially from Arsenal fans, after they celebrated the 2-2 draw in the North London Derby last weekend. That I can understand. This was a result that the Spurs fans should have just held their hands up in apology. Like, we know we won, but... And... I think, for that... Because I, I, I don't really want to go in on Spurs, because it's not their, it's not their fault that... No, what, that's what you hold yeah, I think I think, the, I think the reason they're doing the lap of bonnet is I think the Ange guy is trying to do probably similar thing to the clock thing, you know, when we got a draw with West Brom, is getting a result that you probably should have done better with. Um, but also, it's the first time they've beaten us in that stadium. They, you know, last time they beat us, they played at Wembley. So that's a while. So again, it's another mentally for them, it's a little tick box. I'm like, okay, well, we did what Spurs don't do, which is went to the last whistle again and got a, and got a winner. So I can kind of understand why Spurs are doing that. Look, they're trying to build... They're basically trying to become anti-Spursy, which is, you know, not throwing it away or not doing it. Because, to be honest, they were 30 seconds... In 30, if back on another 30 seconds of us holding out, Ange and Spurs are in absolute turmoil because they're going, we can't beat nine men. You know, that's... You know, that's a different proposition for them. But, honestly... I, I don't know how you want to talk, handle this, Matt, because we can talk through lineups and like that, but and I, suppose, well, I, I don't think we really care. I think we just need to talk through the state of games, the state of play. You know, the only way, and I've tweeted this out, it's just my opinion, is the only way this officiating is ever, ever going to get better, and it's going to take a long time, is going to be if the likes of Sky, TNT, Paramount, everyone like that goes at the F, goes to the Premier League and goes, this is it's phrase. This is ruining the product. We don't want to keep seeing every game going down to 10 fucking men or 9 men or you know, we want to see good football. This is making games shit. Because what I've said is people turn off and they don't want that. Because if you're paying billions for these for these deals, you kind of want to get your money's worth. And until that happens, <clears throat> these things will change. Yeah, I mean, we can go through the lineups, I guess, because the uh, we did eventually, like, we started with 11 players, even though we finished with nine. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a pretty stock standard lineup. It tells me that Trent's not right fit to start from the off in a Premier League game. He's going to be held back for at least another game, if not another week. Probably see him playing almost certainly away to Brighton next weekend. But Gomez plays right back. Matt Teep keeps play, his berth well. instead, of, instead of Kanate. I thought I don't think any of our players played poorly. Like again, I'm not gonna start another start because another start that, anyway. Well, fifteen out of the sixteen players you, yeah. that crossed that, that crossed the white line to play competitively for Liverpool today played well and we'll let Chris have his go at number sixteen uh later. 
we got like Kev, we got through the opening minutes of the game. Like both teams went out pretty much as red. There was no huge surprises in team selection from either team. We get through the first 20 minutes. I thought very well. We didn't make any crazy mistakes. Spurs were holding the ball, passing around at the back. You know, we were finding the way that our press was going to match up against how they were trying to play out from the back. But it all went pretty good for the first 20 minutes, right? For 26 minutes, we had a really good game. Yeah. 26 minutes, it was everything that I hoped it would be when we were talking the other night on the show. And it was exactly what I thought it would be. Both sides going at each other, both sides pressing each other. We had more chances, better chances, and everything changed on the red card. And you can all come for me in the chat now because rightly or wrongly, that's a red card. Oh, no. And oh, no. Come on. I'll tell you why. Um, someone else you, you said it there in a minute. Said, no, it's not. Someone, someone else said it a minute ago there. Um, basically saying that Curtis didn't, he got the ball and then his follow through went on his ankle. He's actually followed, his follow through went over his ankle. His studs were up. He got the top half of the ball and that caused his momentum took him to go in on his ankle. Once he went to the monitor and the first thing that he sees is that still image. That still image is in his head and no doubt that influences his decision. But when you see it, follow all the way through, uh, there's no other decision that was ever going to come from that. There's none. It, it's just one of those things with the way modern football has gone that it doesn't it doesn't count. There's no such thing as intent. There's no such thing as, you know, he's done him. It's literally force, height, and reckless dangerous. And... You can definitely make the argument that those are there for that tackle. Okay, he, basically mis he, he miscontrolled the ball. There was a miscontrol of the ball. He lunged to try to win it back. How many times do you see it? Player goes to retrieve a ball that yes. is bouncing in the air. He goes yep. through. He doesn't intend to hurt him at all. There's no intent yep. whatsoever. Yep. But he gets the top half of the ball. His foot skims the top of the ball, rolls over the top of the ball, and his natural follow-through. There's no other way... There's no other place for his foot to land but on Basuma's ankle. No other way. The only thing that he can do is not make the tackle in the first place. That's all he can do. Once he decides to go for the ball and that happens where he gets the top half of the ball and he rolls over the top of it, it was inevitable that he was going to hit that part of his leg and his ankle, his leg literally just bent. All right, Kev, let's no take other, it back. To, there's no other logic. Let's take for it that. back to force. Let's take it back to force because force is a term from physics, and mm. force in a vacuum will stay at the same rate. But it wasn't in a vacuum because his foot went all the way across the top of the ball, slowing yeah. with every inch that it rolled over the ball. It wasn't a lunging in tackle. No. It wasn't an out of control tackle. He was it playing was. the ball. It wasn't. Ex he it wasn't rolls, excessive. He rolls through the ball, and it's unfortunate that. Basuma's ankle happened to be in the way but the fact that you say there was no other outcome from him trying to play that ball than it being a red card that yeah. doesn't that that beggars belief there has Think to about, be a situation in every moment in a football match that can't in a hundred percent be a red card situation if, if that's it the doesn't case, work it doesn't work like that anymore but if that's the case the way they've changed the rules the way they've changed the rules over the last four or five years to take 
what they think a player is thinking out of the equation. And you're literally just basically looking at the images that are in front of you. That's all they can go on. They can literally just go on the images that are in front of you. There's the ball. He skips the top half of the ball, and he's there. It's it's just a natural. He, he, his body can go nowhere else. The only thing that he could have done was not make the tackle in the first place. And I'm convinced that when the ref went to the monitor, the very first thing that he saw was that image. That's and that I'm image saying. alone looks like he's done him there. You know, and when you watch the whole thing in play, it's like, no, he hasn't done him. It's just the way the game, the way the ball and his body is rolled. Well, Look, the, I get the, I get the, the anger and image, I get the frustration. But I can't understand image, why that image was there. It settles it, though. Like, because, Chris, like, I don't know if on your guys' feed it had the same angle as Simon Hooper ran towards the monitor that the had worst possible image Angle. out of it was the... all of the 24 frames per second they picked the most incriminating one and that's all he saw as he ran towards it and it but completely then, set the context for him making that decision right sky sky show from behind and show it's not a straight leg because his leg slightly bends it does get in the middle of the ball his ball goes over it there is no excessive force because he doesn't lunge harder it's slowed down because he's hit the ball and they even set to show the angle, and they go like, from the angle they show, they'll go, which is what basically in line with the player, like what the player sees. They go, that doesn't tick all the boxes to be a red card, you know. So, but again, and it's, it's back to this nonsense with VAR: is let's show it in slow motion. Fucking everything looks rubbish in slow motion. It looks ten times worse in slow motion. For me, it's never been a red card, and you know. We saw, I'll be honest, McAllister got booked 10 minutes later for a yellow card. To be honest, that tackle was worse than Jones's. You know, so if we're saying that's a definite red card, McAllister should have gone, so we should have played with eight. You know, and, none of, and no one screamed for the McAllister red card. No one, he barely got a mention. It's just McAllister gets a yellow. If he showed the yellow, it's pretty much a similar tackle. If anything, a little bit worse. And that doesn't get brought up. Look, there's no point in people saying, like, let's, let's um, ask me if it ain't going to get rescinded. Straight reds just don't get rescinded. Um, no, it, it, we it's, got, it's we, different we, than McAllister's. It's different yeah, than McAllister's. McAllister's yeah. is obviously wrong. This yeah. one, you can at least see the justification for there, it being there's a, a way red. Can, there's a I, way they can argue it. So. I just think there was a sliding doors moment when that tackle happened where Simon Hooper could have gone left and refereed a decent game, or he could have gone right and refereed the game that he ended up refereeing. And he think, got it right on the field. But it's why I put Anthony Boylan's comment up here. He says the VAR plonker wasn't uh, uh, was 100% convinced it was a red. So why would you make him have another look? If it's a certain red card, just say it over the comms and have a red card. Don't even send him. And that's what I said in the Telegram group. Mm. If it's so obvious, there was the VAR was 100% sure that that was a straight red card. It was a clear and obvious error by the official. Save Simon Hooper the run to the side of the field. Save the theatrics. Save the time wasting on the part of the officials. Let's just get on with it. Just have the VAR overrule him like they do in other sports. He doesn't need to go look. You're yeah, telling right. him there's no other outcome than a red card. And that's just not the tackle. That tackle also, wasn't a 100% red card. It's it not point. a clear and obvious error. But uh, Exactly. Let's use clear and obvious error. Kev thinks it is. I don't think it is. You don't think it is. I've seen... Times journalists, Daily Mail journalists, uh, Mirror journalists. I've seen like seven or eight different journalists. Some say red, some say soft, 
some say never in a million years. That's so subjective that if the referee says it's not a red card, then you don't then you, you don't overturn it because this, it's so subjective. It's not like a in me, it's not a stone wall thing. That's where you go if they want to follow their protocol. It's like well, the the on the field official said no, and this been this ref goes to the monitor bollocks off because you and I both know Kev knows this. I think I've seen one. I think I've seen twice an official go to a monitor and stick to the decision. One was against Liverpool, against Fulham, where a penalty wasn't given to Fulham. And was the Champions League for Spurs against City, where they they looked at, looked at the official and I don't think that's handball, so I would give them the goal. Outside of that, 99.9% of the decision goes to the monitor is reversed. So just bin it off. Just do an announcement. Bars looked at it. Bar said, they're not going to. Back. They're not they going to, because the traditionalists out there I know it's bullshit, but the traditionalists out there would argue the referee on the pitch should make the final decision. Well, the traditionalists, and that, on, and that, and that's what you're left with. But the traditionalists that we talk about, let's get, let's call him out, dickhead Neville, is now saying that's nonsense. He called for it, so it can be yeah. changed again. It's just pointless. It, it makes the whole thing pointless. I, I, I don't need to see. All right, conspiracy theory time, based off of Jono's comment here. We've been on the end of every big call this season. Coincidence after Jurgen Klopp bashing refs last season? Question mark. No one can tell me they are refereeing our games neutrally. We've already had a red card overturned. So that's a comment from Jono. We're probably not getting 50-50s, I would say. Yeah, we're definitely not getting 50-50s. Uh, but we, we all said at the time, you go at the officials and you don't succeed, it is going to go against you. Listen, I'll be honest. If come come for around, the king, you better not miss, yeah, right? If Bar was around yeah. when Fergie was um, in charge, you'd have probably seen a lot of things go against Man United because Fergie used to go for them all the time. But they, they had nothing to sort of use against them. Now, now they have, you know. So, but to be honest, I actually don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I just think they're all fucking incompetent. Because literally, oh, we saw we saw yesterday there was a uh, decision for Brentford, which took five minutes to work out where it was a goal now, and, and then they realised they were looking at the wrong fella for the offside. And you go like, and that's happened twice this year. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Breaking news. Jake Semister shares with us that the PGMOL have released an official apology for the Diaz goal, saying it was human error and it should have been a goal. It's a... F- How many people are on the VAR crew? Four? Four on the VAR crew plus the linesman in real time? So that's a five-man error. So that's what we get. Look- we get a an Old official horses. apology. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe it's going to get safe, and people think this is a bit bad, but I think it's got to get to that stage where maybe now the likes of Wolves, Liverpool, oh, human error, that's fine. I'm going to I'm going to take legal action against you because you're not doing your job. You're not fit for purpose. And you can start really going at things like this. You can start using their charter, which says it's to hold the integrity of the game, to protect the game. Here are examples that you're not doing it. How many of these officials do we have to get on the back of it? Do you know what will happen? Those two bar lads, they won't, they won't manage next week. They'll be back yeah. a week later. Yeah, okay. they'll be they'll, stood they'll, down for a week. Stood down for a week. Oh, big whoop. Because ultimately, yeah. I don't want an apology. Because, great, we should have had a goal. Great. Doesn't help me now. Do you know what I, mean? I can't get you know what I want back. instead of an apology? Back. I want them to do the official half-hour program where Howard Webb goes on and discusses, a, you know, contentious refereeing decisions. But instead of having Michael Owen host it, I want Jurgen Klopp to be the host. So that Jurgen can ask him a few okay. questions about this. I'm just going to say, okay, first off, we got a good number of people watching us tonight. I appreciate that. If you're here and you're new and you haven't already, please hit the like button for us. That would be 
extremely appreciated. Also, we have a charity partner. So if you're the charitable type, check out the link in the description of the uh, YouTube episode or afterwards, if you're listening on a podcast or any of the day trip or social media, you can help out our charity partners, a bunch of women raising money for breast cancer awareness by running a marathon. So if that's not selfless, I don't know what else is. I'm going to... Let me just read the statements, okay? Okay, I love it. PGMOL acknowledges significant human error occurred during the first half of Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool. The goal by Luis Diaz was allowed was dis, was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials. It was clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being awarded through VR intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. PGMOL will c- conduct a full review of the circumstance which led to the error. PGMOL will immediately be contacting Liverpool at the conclusion of the fixture to acknowledge their error. Ah, this is an in-person job. There's no way Howard Webb can send a text message or make a phone call, leave a voicemail. This is one where he's going to have to drive up. And that's bad because that's what happened to Brighton all last season was the errors against them were so bad that Howard Webb felt required to drive out to their grounds and apologize in person. So I imagine the Liverpool hierarchy will be getting a visit from one Mr. H. Webb very shortly for that. It's infuriating, gentlemen. I wouldn't let through the door. I wouldn't let through the door. If I was Liverpool, I wouldn't let through the door. Or Howard wants to come and talk to you. Do us a favor, Howard. Save your pet money. Fuck off. We're we're not interested. I think Liverpool should just come out with a statement going, we acknowledge what the PMGML said. They should do better. We're not interested in apologies. Fuck off. Because what, what's it going to do? Dear Jürgen, I'm really sorry. I've cu- I've drove up to Liverpool to say I'm really sorry. Jürgen's going to go, great, what do you want to do with that? Is that going to get, get me a point back? No. Is that going to help me in any way? No. Is that going to help the fact I've been on, on the back end of so many shit decisions? No. Why are you here? Why are you wasting my time? Let me go and coach my team. Go and coach my team. Yeah. Go and talk to someone else. Yeah, so um, some statistics after Jones's red card. It made it our third red card in our last six games. Mm. Before those six games, we had had three red cards in 168 games, which is almost four and a half seasons worth of games. So something has changed where all of a sudden we are the most dirty, dirty filthy, rash team in the entire league. Or now, it could be that our you know manager stood up to the officials, that our left back got elbowed in the face by a certain jacked Greek linesman. We've also now had two we're also now gonna be on our second apology. So I think we're ahead on the apology stakes now. Which yeah. is uh, you know that that's a league of its own. Yeah, uh we got a super chat here for uh two two euro forty nine from Cantors that says they can stick their apology, you know where. And uh, okay. I would like to thank Cantors for using the proper use of there, there, and there on that one, because that's a tricky one for people on the internet. Um, how about a curveball? Chris, come to you. Their first goal was very good, wasn't it? James oh, Madison gets his head up, plays Richarlison through in space. Great cross by Richarlison. Good run and finish by Youngman Son. Yeah. yeah, listen, up until we equalized, I was actually kept going, Jock, if we get to our time one nil down, we'll do well here, because... Spurs first half did what Newcastle didn't do, which is they kept wide with pure pace cutting in. And it was a nightmare. Yeah, you know, Joe Gomez actually had a good game, but it's a clever ball. It reminds me of the one Royce played between um uh, Lovren and Klein in the Europa League. 
it's that perfect pass between fullback centre back where fullback doesn't know where he is, centre back can't get over quick, won't be able to get over quick enough. Yeah, fair play to Charleston, plays it over with pace, you know, and looks sounds sounds a great player. Scores, you know. If I'm being hypercritical, you know, I am looking at two centre-backs going, should one of them maybe drop a bit sooner? But listen, it was such a quick move, maybe I'm nitpicking. But you were thinking about, oh, uphill battle here. But look, you can't can't fault them. You know, it was a really good goal, you know, and that's one thing Spurs have got. They've got a start in front three in Richarlson, Son and Kubiteski, which is all pace. And when you've got that level of pace up front, it will always hurt 11 players, let alone 10. So, look, can't knock them. It was a really good goal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kev, I don't know if you uh, have anything else uh, on the goal, but I'm going to go back to the no, red card because this is something else I took from the game. I think this is a huge opportunity for Ryan Gravenberch. I think with Jones being out for three games, I think, no, I, think it, I think it's only one. I think you'll only get a one game ban because I think they'll relook at it. There was no malicious, and there was nothing malicious about it, there was nothing violent about it. Um, I think they'll look at it and hopefully it'll just be a one game ban. Also, but every, also, I think you're right. I think Ryan Gravenberts will definitely uh, benefit from from this. Plus, no doubt, the uh, Jota and Cody will play midweek, so Ryan Gravenberts has the chance to mm-hmm. get himself ready yeah. for Brighton at the weekend. But look, yeah. I'm still I'm just sat here. I've just been sat here now for the last few minutes, just digesting that statement. Um, goals, ch- goals change games. And it's a completely different fucking game when you score that and you go in, you're down to 10 men, but you're ahead. You you manage the game differently. You play the game differently. It's a completely different animal of a game where you don't have to overcommit. You can play within yourself and you can contain Spurs. And let's be fucking brutally honest here. Spurs got three points today from a mistake from us. Spurs did absolutely fucking nothing to earn three points today. They were down to not, down against nine men and they huffed and puffed and they couldn't do fuck all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It took to fair, a mistake. Do you think I would say to Spurs, give a slight bit, human a, a, bit, a, bit, a bit of credit is, and we'll come to it a bit later, is in the second half, there are two, there is one worldly save by Allison and another very good save. After that, there was fuck all they produced then until... Well, I'll go, I'll go, go. At the end of the day... That that's that's Allison's job. That's why 
Yeah, it Absolutely. is. Well, it's his, he's the best in the world for a reason. And when you're defending, when you're playing with 10 men, you trust him. You trust him to be able to do what he needs to do to keep you in game so that you can go up the other end and create a chance and score. You create the chance, you score a fucking goal. They have all the technology in the world at their fucking fingertips to make sure that they get the decisions right. After a contentious red card, we've argued about the red card. I think it's a red. You guys don't. Fair enough. We can argue about that till the cows come off. Line decisions are a matter of fucking fact. You're either right or you're wrong. There's a reason why semi-automated technology was brought in in the the Champions League and Europa League. It's because it takes the human equation out of it. Yeah. You're either removes human error or you're offside. There is no fucking questions then. The fact that you've got a game-changing decision, it's contentious with a red card, but a line decision to be fucking contentious after VR has been in the game for four years and they still can't fucking get it right. For fuck's sake. Hey, Nigel. How much more have we got to put up with this? Nigel, you don't get his WhatsApps, mate. This is quite wild. His WhatsApps are even worse. Listen, I, I... I like VAR. I support VAR. I think it's a great addition to the game. Purely and simply, it was brought in to, because of the incompetence of referees. And we saw it in the League Cup during the week that, where we didn't have VAR. Yeah, yeah, we, have, we was, didn't have VAR. That was just bad. That was just bad. And Leicester, Leicester scored a goal on the back of a foul on Simicast and a questionable offside. All right? But you got to put up with it because the referees are there. You talked, about tin, you talked about tinfoil hat earlier on. It's hard to fucking argue it now. The mm. fact that we're having so many contentious decisions, so many 50-50s going against you. The fact that McAllister got sent off and it got rescinded. Virgil mm. got sent off for having a go at the ref. At the end of no, the Virgil, day... Virgil got extended. Or, for yeah, but he got his ban extended for having a pop at the ref. How many fucking captains have you seen having pops at referees since then? Loads. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez. <clears throat> every game. Every game. Every, every captain does it. Every game. Not just Virgil. You guys, you guys know me well enough. I don't come on here ranting and raving and shouting and bawling and losing my temper over stupid things. I'm fuming at the fact that we lost that game in the way that we lost it, not through problems on the pit. The fact that we that, that was a legitimate goal. Yeah. It should have counted. And you knew something it was wrong. It wasn't hard. Kev, it wasn't a no, hard decision. They, it it looked offside in real time. When you saw it in real time, I thought he's offside. They showed one angle, and it was like, yeah, he looks like he's a That's yard close. onside. Like, yeah. not even close. Like, well, it's close in real time. But when you slow it down, you can look at the image that yeah. the ball leaves Moe's foot for the pass to Diaz. You look at it, and you're like, he's well onside. Like, this might be a goal. And they just played on. Now, I put this comment up from Craig Lowe because it reminded me of something from the game. Craig Lowe says, they lied saying it wasn't checked. Because it said on on my feed, the commentators mentioned that on all four of the big screens around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, after Simon Hooper had already restarted play after the Diaz goal for the offside, that it said VAR checking for about 20 or 30 seconds after play had been restarted. And then it just disappeared off of the screens. But it's like they realized they made a mistake, but Simon Hooper had already restarted the game, and they were like, well, fuck, I guess could, we can't give it now. Exactly. It could have been Simon Hooper hasn't followed protocol. It could also... The human error might not be 
worryingly, the Shima Eren might not be the Avara for it. He might be the on-the-field fish who just started the game and hadn't waited wait for the note to say, yeah, we've checked that, mate. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I remember, don't know who it is. So one, of them, one of them balls, though. Oh, well, Listen, do you, do, you rem- do you remember going back when this stuff happened with the Greek linesman and Robbo? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We, we I remember saying in the po- yeah, I remember saying in the post match, they're going to find a way to screw us down the line. But I think that's what the Virgil. If you watch the Virgil thing, one of the officials puts his hand on him to say to, to get down, and he, you can see him now. Don't put your effing hands on me again, which is I'm not surprised. Players are like, well, listen, one of our lads got cracked in the face, and you got a. And he got a, sorry, I won't do it again. It's a, so I'm not surprised players are also a bit like, don't come near me. So, you know, it's just, anyway. Uh, but we equalised, that was nice. Yeah, was nice I goal. mean. It was a nice goal, it was a nice goal, to be fair. It's, uh, it's going to be, oh no, we, yeah, we scored in, uh, we scored in four minutes of injury time in the first half. Uh, yeah, it's Boy. a. Two sides of the two sides of a coin, you know. We got positives and negatives. Uh, Cody Gakpo gets uh, fouled by Destiny Udogi, who picks up a yellow card for it when he rolls over the back of Gakpo's uh, leg. We've also completely passed over the fact that, like Joe Joe Gomez was taken down in the box, and it looked like it was a, a, a clear penalty. But they showed they showed the replay. I think on the replay they showed. Yeah, does, I've seen the replay. He, do, he does touch the ball first, and then he goes gets to the Joe ball Gomez. first. Yeah. Which I think get, which is, gets what so like, getting getting the ball first negates anything it went, uh, that no, comes after that's, the that's challenge. natural. That's that's natural. That was natural. The front ball, natural. the front ball gets the ball. Back back ball catches Joe, but it's yeah, right, yeah, that yeah, was natural. And the, ball, and the ball was what dead. Curtis was, if, that was, if, that, pathetic, if that natural. if that was given against Liverpool, if that penalty was given against those, we, you think we're mad now? We'd be even. We'd be screaming even more, to be honest. For that I don't know if I honestly, Chris, I don't know if I would be madder if that penalty oh, was given against us. That's the sort of thing that you've seen before, but getting a clear and obvious offside decision incorrect. I can understand yeah, how the side official the, I can understand the how the side official gets it wrong in it's real quick. time. I can get that. That's human error. But the yeah. VAR is supposed to be there. The technology is supposed to be there. The multiple cameras in 1080p and 120 frames per second with all the 3D especially technology that, they have. Especially, that especially in that ground. Especially that ground, in that ground. It's state-of-the-art. You know, it's the most state-of-the-art ground probably in, in the league. So well, they have one of the world's greatest cheese shops in the concourses. So, I mean, how can it not have fantastic VAR? Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, but I mean, yeah. it, it's a great it's a great finish by Gakpo for the leveler. Uh, sadly, like Chris. sadly, looks like he hurt himself doing it, which is the hopefully. Yeah. I think the injury serious. came from the tackle before. I think the injury stemmed no, he, from the tackle by Udogi. I think he went over his ankle as he turned. No, he went over on his ankle when he when he goes on the turn. He literally his foot instead of planting his foot on the turn, the point of his foot went down onto the turf first, and it stuck. You could see it sticking and. He literally turned his whole body weight on the point of his foot, and he was looking. He got his shot off, but the second he put weight on it, you just knew. Um, yeah. And the it was just one of those. Then. It was still a brilliant finish. It was still a brilliant finish, and it was it, it was the minimum that we deserved for that half because up until oh. the Curtis Jones red card, we oh, were oh. the more threatening. We were we were the ones who looked more likely to do anything. But they say goals change games. At one one, going in a half time, I was like, "Yeah, that." I I was fairly confident of the fact that with the chances that we were creating, even with ten men, with more up front, given how Cavalier Spurs were being, I thought even with ten, 
we're going to get chances. Allison with a long goal kick, Virgil with a crossfield ball. Something will break for us. A set piece. You you can call it whatever. You, we will get chances. And while we had ten men on the pitch, we did. We created enough chances. You know, there was occasions where Mo was going on the break. There was one in the second half. I know we skipped on a bit, but there was one in the Fuck second it. half where he was one on one with Basuma. And for whatever reason, I think he was trying to slow down for everyone else to catch up with him. Yeah. But he, he slowed the place and Basuma just got to him. But there were plenty of other occasions where it just needed a bit more bravery, I suppose, would be the one word, uh, for others to try to, to be a bit closer to him. But at the same time, look, I always fancied us, even with 10 yeah. men, that we would get a chance that would get a lead. You know, you know, you know the officiating's bad when Mo Salah's getting booked for dissent. Yeah, because all yeah. things Mo Salah's, he, well, he gets got, annoyed. He got, all, but it, it's it's self annoyed, isn't it? We're, but yeah, him going berserk at an official, it, it, that's not how. He, of all the players we've got, you know, Nunes and a few of the others, we're used to them going berserk at the official. It's quite. Yeah. It's not Mo really doesn't a Mo lose thing. The plot that often. No, he loses the plot of himself. You know, when he when he misses chances and stuff like that, but not with officials. You know, he normally sort of keeps a lid on that. That's just kind of how he's built. Yeah. And I wonder if he's also gets up. I go, what's the point? And sure, he probably was, it was a foul on Basuma because he matches the third, but he does, he does yank his arm, so it is a foul. And yeah, again, it is a foul. he's annoyed with himself because he knows I should have carried on skimming him instead of, you know. But yeah, no, so, he got done for he got done for kicking the ball away, and yeah, at the end of the day, that's the level of petulance from referees that you're dealing with. They're booking people for basically non well. You know what they say, like every not all contact is a, is a yellow card, not all fouls are yellow cards, not all dissent is yellow card as well, not all dissent is yellow card either. Not look, according to the language that they've given the officials, though. The language says they're giving them player to get out gestures for a yellow card, it's an automatic yellow card. Yeah. But Madison if a player, runs, runs, from, if a player runs from a distance to approach the official, it's an automatic yellow card. If more than one player approaches the referee to contend a decision. It's an automatic yellow card. If there's more than two people in the technical area, it's an automatic yellow card. And we saw that in the first Back in a sec, I got to get another can. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. We saw that in the first week of the season, Chris, and then they abandoned so it fuck completely. All. We've seen fuck all since. We've seen fuck all since. Because... They've abandoned it completely. I saw it in the 10 o'clock games. In the City game against Wolves, there was one point where I believe it was a Kanji that did a full diss right in the referee's face, and the ref just walked away. He didn't give a yellow to the Wolves player, but he also didn't give a yellow to a Kanji. And it's just... It's... Oh, man. It's it's the Paul Heckingbottom Memorial Podcast Hour, I think, for the next couple of days across everybody's channels. Because Paul Heckingbottom tried to... He was the canary in the coal mine, it seems like. Because he came out a couple of weeks ago. I know Gav gave him his winner of the week on winners and losers that week for having a full go at the officials. He's probably going to lose his job, very much like the canary does. But, I mean... He's, but also, Klopp... Uh, uh, what I've seen in the comments, Klopp's been quite clever because he's just said, like, you think it's funny. It's quite expensive. And he's not saying anymore because Klopp's got a one-game ban hang hanging over his head that if he says anything. So, you know, they've already... Silence the loudest dissenter. So you actually now need one of these decisions to go against United or City, God forbid, or you know Arsenal. You need someone else to kick off because Klopp can't say anything really, unless Klopp gets his assistant to come out and talk. You know, unless he gets Pep Linders to come out and do a post-match interview and say to Pep Linders, 
just go in on them. If you get a ban, I'll pay you five. Just do the let's ban. jump ahead. Let's jump ahead, let's Chris. My, my favorite part of the game, my absolute favorite part of the officiating farce that we saw tonight was on 86 minutes when, of all people, Peter Kravitz got a yellow card for descent towards the officials. The eye. The eye. Not even Boobatch. Boobatch is long. I don't know. He could he's be dead by now. Speak. Who knows? Peter said, Kravitz does nothing but write quietly in his notebook. And Lee. he was so mad that Peter Kravitz, of all people, got a yellow card. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the whole game. It no. might even have been, even if Joe Gomez had scored a winning goal, I think Peter Kravitz getting a yellow card is less likely than Joe Gomez scoring for Liverpool at this point. Like, that's the farce that we were at today. Uh-huh. Yeah, honestly, what... I, I generally, I don't, I've only ever heard Peter Kravitz speak twice, and they were on like documentaries. You know, I've not actually seen him. Um, you know, on the official, he just sits there. Every time he gets up on the pool score, he celebrates. He sits back down. That's what he does. Gapper reportedly in a knee brace. It's not great. Hope that, but hope that's just like a precaution. Yeah, yeah. Once we get a twisted ankle, they put them in one of those moon boots just straight away or, to take all the pressure off. Or like an American college football offensive lineman where you just wear knee braces when you're fully healthy because you know that your knees are going to go at some point. So um, I just want to talk like Kev, I'll come to you on this one. There are so many notes I have as angrily as my handwriting got as the game went on and on and on. At a 52 minutes, I wrote a giant bolded message to myself that just says, we have the best goalkeeper in the world, no oh, doubt. Give me, Kev, can we wax lyrical about Allison Becker? Because the amount of game-changing saves this man makes beautifully is unlike any other goalkeeper that I've ever known. Yeah, listen, um, he's unquestionably the best keeper in the world. And he has been there for a while. And the reason he is, is... He does the difficult stuff, and he makes it look so easy. His footwork is unbelievable. The diving save. The diving yeah, save. Anticipation. Yeah, my comms said, sorry to cut you off, but my comms yeah. said the diving save of like, that's a decent save by Allison. Then they showed the replay, and it was uh, John Champion and Andy Townsend. And Andy Townsend had to take his initial comment back, and he's like, that's a, an outstanding save oh, by ridiculous. Allison. It was a hell of an effort, bro. I think that was the Madison one, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he started it outside and it curled back in. Oh, But great the thing start. is, Allison anticipated where he was going to go. He knew he wasn't going to go near post, but he does it so often that he must be such a student of the game that he just, it, you don't just do this. He's watching all of these players, knowing how they play, knowing where they like to shoot, knowing from which position in the box what they're likely to do. The fact that Allison didn't even shuffle or take a step, it's just his it was just his body weight was slightly on his right foot when Madison was going to take that shot. The is he he's ridiculous. I mean, if he was to be sold in this market, no man, it would be double the fee that we paid for him because he's the kind of keeper 
that is going to guarantee he's going to push us towards a, a league title charge this season. He is so good. His distribution today, his calmness under pressure, his ability to pick passes, and then you factor in his ability to make saves, his ability to make one save and then get up and make the second. You know, and he's just doing stuff as if, yeah, lads, this is just what I do. You know, I, you know, this is so, it's so going back to the Roy Key thing. It's my, it's it, this is my job. Yeah, you know? he so relaxed. He bounces up. Just it's it's just nonsense going. Oh yeah, cover in it. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll carry the ball. Well, it's he funny enough, celebrate it. He doesn't celebrate it. Like you no. know, yeah. most other keepers celebrate right. that, and you wouldn't blame him because yeah. they go like, "Ah, oh, pull the world out there." You know, please yourself. He just stands up, and goes right corner. Yes, Jordan, Jordan Pickford would have done a 90-second long need, choreographed about dance three. routine if he had he made did, a save no. that good. You need three picks Allison, just, just for the Ireland. Alison Becker is hands down the best keeper in the game. And when you look back, you're talking about the elites of the game in the Ever. last 30 years. Yeah. That are in the conversation, that he's in the conversation with. You're talking yeah. Manuel Neuer. Gigi Buffon, hmm. you know, they're Peter Schmeichel. You're you're in that level of goalkeeper when you're having a conversation about this guy. Iker Casillas, another one. You know, that's the level that he's at, and that's the level he's been consistently at ever since he came to Liverpool. He has the odd, very odd blonde moment. He has the odd five minutes in a game where he has a complete brain fart. But other than that, over the course of a season, Oliver Kahn, another one. He is that good. We won't know how good he We won't appreciate as fans. I think we all love him. But I don't think we'll really appreciate how good he is until he's gone, until you try to replace him. He is the single most underrated player at Liverpool Football Club, bar none, and it doesn't get talked about. Because Do you know how... How crazy that is, Kev, because of how yeah. underrated Mo Salah is, that yeah. Allison is even more underrated than Mo Salah. It's, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I've, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this I've one up from Vase of Flowers because I liked it. Sorry, Chris, I'll let you go in a second. Vase of Flowers says, Vicario is better than Loris. Not mm -hmm. hard. Oh, yeah. Vicario, Benicio del Toro, great film, which is very correct. He's, he's, a, he's a decent keeper, to be fair. Um, I've listened on post I think we, I think definitely you, Matt, that's what Kev is. I have stage where I, I have to correct myself with Allison saves. Where I go like, yeah, it's just what he does. And you go like, actually, you know, that's actually a world. But I've got so used to him doing him, going like, well, that's what he does. You know, when you look at like the goal, the one he saved last week against West Ham, it's an unreal save. But I've got to stage where you go like, yeah, but he, he always saves that. Which is a mad way to be, isn't it? You've got a world-class keeper and you're sort of like shrugging that world-class air, going, yeah, it's just what he does. It's kind of a norm now. Yeah. Ridiculous. And the thing is, that's why I was confident, even with 10 men, that's why I was confident that we were going to get a point. Because the longer the game went, the more they were taking pot shots from outside the box. Good luck with that. It was, look, we've got two banks of four. you got Salah up front creating a threat. They'll overcommit and overcommit and overcommit. And eventually, we'll catch them on a break. We'll get a counter right. I just couldn't well, see... We'll bring Spurs on Darwin Nunez, right? 
Yeah, well, but I, thought, would, I just thought we would have done if someone had been a dickhead. Well, I, I wanted yeah. to tee up, Chris, because I know you've been percolating nicely. We're 45 minutes in. Honestly, we could probably go on for two hours, but uh, I I cannot wait for tomorrow night's Fat Back Four. It's a, it, uh, I've got a holiday day on Monday here in Canada, so I've got the day off work, so I cannot wait for the Fat Back Four tomorrow night because Gavin and the lads are going to, I'm sure, be full of very strong opinions about all of this. She just drop kick Jota. Arnold's got to throw, throw, just throw him. Honestly, I could absolutely murder him. First, listen, the first yellow I think is, uh, I don't think it's a yellow. I think the ref, I think the ref actually got conned by the player because he just clips himself. But you know what? Soft yellows have happened plenty. McAllister is quite the master of the soft yellow, but then he's sensible the rest of the game. You know, Darwin Nunes, in general, gets a few soft yellows, apart from the one when he headbutts someone, he's normally quite sensible. It is absolutely moronic when you're on a yellow card, you know his ref's already been card happy, you know he's trigger happy, and within a minute, you're throwing just a wildly stupid challenge. And fuck your team over, because ultimately, Liverpool went out to nine men. The chances of even getting a draw with nine men, I mean, Christ, we got within 30 almost seconds there, were almost zero. But yeah. more annoying for Nunes, and so more annoying for, for Liverpool is you fucked your teammate over because the, you could see the plan was to bring on Trent and to bring on Nunes. This was to do the Newcastle repeat. It was clearly to do the Newcastle repeat. And that game was set up for pace on the break, which was perfect for Darwin Nunes. As soon as he went to nine men, clopped up, you could see Klopp, he had to turn to Nunes. And Nunes, you could see, he had to sit down. You know, yeah. then we had to, it was, Put his bib back Trent. on. Yeah, yeah. He didn't was, move, did he? No, he was then, bring, the on, bring on Canate, bring on Trent, shut up shop, and we, you know, we threw Graham Birch on, and we had to go to playing 5-3-0. He absolutely and totally, for an experienced player, shafted everyone. And listen, I like Jota. Jota has been brilliant for Liverpool, but he's absolutely fucked his whole team over there by being brain dead. And ultimately, whatever stick he gets, or, you, know, what, you know, for me, Klopp, it's a fine, it's a disciplined thing, and it's a you need to learn from this because you knew he was card happy. And do you know what? He probably he probably would have got away with that foul 10 minutes later. But to do one 30 seconds after, and where it was, he's going nowhere because he's running into danger into three or four little players. So he wasn't helping us. It wasn't like it's like a last ditch, I've just got to throw it in here and you know take one for the team. It was a nonsense foul in a, in a no-risk area. So he's also played fucking... Pain the arse, really. I mean, listen, I think if Nunes was fully fit, he probably would have come on instead of Jota, but we found out pre-game Nunes is nursing a slight knee niggle. So they clearly wanted to put him on as late as possible. So as A, not to aggravate it, and B, what else can you do? You know, yeah. but, you know, knack- it just knackered us. We had to then take off Salah, take off Diaz. So any thoughts of winning the game was gone. And yeah, it was we- literally backs the wall, let's hold out. And we got within 20 seconds of... Yeah. A really good draw, and I'd have been quite happy with that. But 15 of the lads, big credit to them, big credit to the manager because actually, tactically, I thought he got it almost spot on with 10 men and nine men. And not very many managers have to deal with nine men. Yeah, it's quite a rare It's, quite it's a not even almost spot on, Chris. I think you're, you're, it's nailed on a perfect game plan of how to play with it. Like, yeah, there but, was a thing done, I think it was by Tifo after the Newcastle game where a guy broke mm. down how we yeah, played with yeah. the 10 men for that whole time. 
And it felt like we did the exact same thing. And it's a freak. Eventually, we'll get on to Joel Matip having his, you know, most unfortunate, no good, very bad day. Uh, it's, I, I, I don't know, Kev. It's the Diogo Jota one, the second yellow card, like Chris was saying, it's indisputable. Once you're already on a yellow, if you ignore the circumstances of the first yellow card, it's 100% a yellow card tackle. And if you're already on one, that's two, that's a red card, and he has to go. And I agree with you, Chris. It was super unfortunate because it felt like, holy shit, are we having a Newcastle moment all over again where we go down a man early mm -hmm. on and Darwin Nunes comes off of the bench and wins the game with his electrifying pace and bang on finishing in his second season for Liverpool. But Kev, the first yellow card, he just trips over his own feet. There's, it's, there's the camera angle that shows that in his running, yeah. his back leg catches Jota's knee. Jota didn't change direction. He didn't flick out a leg. He didn't do anything. He literally just touched him. That caused one leg to knock onto the other. It was never a yellow card in a million years. Yeah. But once you give it, that's it. You don't go to ground anymore. You're as careful as the day is long. You don't lunge in. You don't make rash tackles. And you don't lose your head. And he did all, all of those things. He lost his head. Made a rash tackle, and he got himself a second yellow, which was a yellow card, and he fucked everybody. At the end of the day, that's it. It's done. I'm not going to say any more about Diogo Jota than that. He knows that that can't fucking happen. You know, it's bad enough being down to ten, being down to nine against a side who are being touted now as one of the informed sides in the league with pace everywhere. And technical ability and what have you going down to nine away from home with 20 odd minutes to go is criminal. But yeah, from then on, when we make the changes and he changes it to a five, basically a five three, he brings Ender one, brings Gravin Birch on, and he brings Trent, Trent on. Trent, Trent and Ebu both come on. Yeah, yeah. I just looked well. at it and I thought I just looked at it for the last 20 minutes and I just thought, how bad were Spurs? How fucking if you're a Spurs fan watching that last 20 minutes, how fucking terrible were you? That's what brings back it to, back to what I said about their celebrations afterwards. Like you played so poorly against 10, and then even worse against nine, and you only yeah. got the three points because of the worst possible outcome of Joel Matip playing that ball. Yeah. He couldn't have well, struck it, it better. Our our plan was literally back five. Three in front of them screening, and they literally just said, Okay, you can have the ball wide. We trust ourselves to deal with your crosses and what have you, and we'll go from there. If we get a break or anything like that, happy days. And they didn't get around the back very often, they were limited to pot shots from outside the box, they didn't break through the middle once, and we did everything that we could survive and at the end of the day i feel gutted for joel matter because i thought he was brilliant yeah he played he very was well. absolutely brilliant today the fact that his ability to be able to when we were down to 10 to carry the ball 30 yards and take it out from the back and relieve pressure and lay it off was was outstanding it's exactly what you want from your center back when we went to the back five we looked as safe as houses i still felt that we were going to get the 
we we deserve the point. We absolutely deserve the draw. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent deserve the draw. It was unfortunate the way the goal went in. Technically, yeah, he could do better. It's the ninety sixth minute. He yeah. went with his left foot and tried to clear it. He'll make that clearance ninety nine times out of a hundred. His body uh, shape's just all, his, his body shape's all wrong for it, but yeah. and I was fuming at the but time because I was like, yeah. I was like, his body shape's wrong. But I'm also like, he's played half an hour with nine men. He's played mentally, mm. and let's be honest, Matip's not the most mm. robust yeah. of defenders. So no, I also, don't think it's a physical problem though, Chris. I think I think mentally he was knackered. Which do you know what? I can understand that, and yeah, I because think he knows so that like, the clock was so on ninety six minutes. Yeah, he knows that you clear this. It goes out for a yeah. corner. Defend we'll it, and that's over. it. Game over. Yeah. I, know. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel no. sickened for the players that were left on the pitch for the effort that they put in that they didn't get a point out of it. They absolutely deserve the point out of it. But they can take so much from this because it was leveled at us all last season how defensively frail we were, how soft we were. It's been leveled this season. Look still, at, yeah, but you look at that defense. performance. You look at that performance with nine men, and it was all hard. It was all hard. It was technical ability to be able to marshal your area, stay in shape, and shepherd Spurs into an area you wanted them to play in because you trust Allison. It was just unfortunate the way that it worked out that it was that it was Joe Matip that gave it away. It wasn't from anything to do with more than fucking. Pure dumb fucking luck, you know. And at the end of the day, like I said, I said at the start of the show, Spurs done absolutely fucking nothing to win that game against nine men. They deserved absolute. They deserved the point because of you know huffing and puffing and trying and what have you. It was just unfortunate for Joel that it was him who who gave it up in the end. But won't go into our players once. It was just one of those fucking nights that. Sunshine to the dog's arse, and it happens. You know, I can understand Tottenham celebrating at the end of the day. They got to three that points. Extent, Kev, well, they, they got three points. On, they brought their kids onto the pitch, Kev. No. It's like they won a cup final. It's as close as they're going to get this season. Let's be fair. <laughs> but, you know, they got they got the three points. Their unbeaten run is still going. They got four points from games against Arsenal and Liverpool. Yeah. When you look at it in the cold heart of day, in six months' time, when we're looking back at the season, you look at the result and it will say 2-1. You know, the context of the game and the context of the performance will get lost in it. But in general, not unhappy with it. I'm looking at it and thinking, you know what? The way this league is going, the way you look at the results today, you look at Man City going to Wolves and getting turned over. Uh, Manchester United getting turned over. You know, it... This, the way this league is at the minute, sides are going to lose games. Well, know, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that, so, Kev, because I, I, I had I forgotten I'm... how aggrieved we should feel about this. Because, Chris, the early results on Saturday went brilliantly for Liverpool, didn't they? They did. I think that's why losing today irks even more. The man has yeah. it off. But yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's what irks even more. It was, look, you had an opportunity to. Even with a draw, we'd have you know, been a point behind City, or if we'd have won, we'd have been above City. I mean, look, look at the City still two points. It's early in the season, but mentally, it would have just been a nice little. Oh, that's quite. You know, it would have been a nice thing, but 
luckily for us, we haven't really lost any ground on the teams around us. I think it's just tightened things up a little bit at the top, which yeah. can only be a good thing. I mean, City have got to go, we've got Arsenal next week. So, you know, that's not exactly a gimme. So that's going to make it interesting. I think we've got... Still no Rodri. Still no Rodri. I mean, listen, we've got stuff. We've got Brighton, and it's which Brighton you get. Did you, did, you watch, we, did you watch Brighton today, Chris? I did, I did. But interestingly, <laughs> the start I've seen about Brighton is, I think it, they've lost quite a few games, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, but they're always to the likes of Nottingham Forest, Everton, Villa. They've never had a result like that against any of the traditional top six. They always get within a goal. So I think it's because the way top six teams play, the more expansive, the more like to go with you. Plays to their strengths of hitting on the break. Can't really do that against you know sides below that because they don't, don't know. Really play As- that way. Aston Villa looked pretty damn expansive this morning. They absolutely they did, they, they did. But then, but Aston Villa, got, Aston Villa got spanked by Newcastle, who, apart from when they battered Sheffield United, haven't looked very expansive all season, and they struggle with ten minutes. We could the game. We, could, we go the, around in circles every time, don't we? You know what I mean. The Villa game this morning was so reminiscent of the seven-two from a couple of years ago. I don't know if you watched yeah. any of their saw any of the highlights, Kev. That's what it felt like. Yeah, to me. I watched like, it. Villa had what three deflected shots go into the back yeah. of the net. Yeah, yeah, and and when you when you looks in, you looks in. It's like tonight when you looks in, you looks in. You take it and you move on. Brighton will win plenty of games, they'll lose games. It's just the nature of the way they play. And the volume of games they're going to be playing, they're going to be cut out from time to time. Same in Villa. You know, the volume of games they're playing, they're going to get cut out from time to time. It's, it is what it is. Listen, Liverpool released a statement, well, not a statement as much, they just put out a tweet referring about Cody Gakpo, basically saying that we're waiting to discover the extent of the injury that Cody Gakpo suffered at Tottenham this evening. That's pretty much it. They've yeah, just been precautions. Yeah, they're just taking precautions with with him, and we'll we'll go from there. It is what it is. Um, hopefully, it's just literally a twisted knee or a twisted ankle or something. Yeah, and it's just like it just sits nothing out, more than that. Sits out midweek, and he's back for bright. He's back for bright. That's exactly. kind of what you hope. But yeah, listen, yeah. I suppose we already know two of the starters for the midweek game. It's definitely going to be Jones and Jota because they've definitely got a weekend off. So you yeah. may have in that game. Uh, but yeah, the knock-on effect I'm more concerned about is when we did 10 men against Newcastle, Joe Matt had to come off early and he didn't play the next game against Wolves because he was knackered, muscle fatigue. You know, I think Canati had a similar sort of knock. That's my concern now is, is what's the knock-on effect going into Brighton and the midweek game of Soberslag, McAllister, you know, Matip, Joe Gomez, you know, some have injury issues, some are still new to the club, getting used to, you know, Played a long time with 10 men, a long time without the ball. You know, it's really, yeah, you know, it's going to take a lot out of it, out of them. You know, that's, that's more to it. That's the other thing that idiots in the uh, PGML won't think about is when you get decisions like badly wrong, you know, that's also the knock on effect is the impact of playing with less men and, you know, the, the, the fatigue that causes. So, you know, and then obviously all these guys got to go away international duty, which let's face it, they all get flogged with international duty anyway. The good yeah. thing for us is I don't think Mo Salah is away this October because Egypt have no games, which is handy. So we actually have an international break with Mo Salah with his feet up, which would be quite nice. Well, you can shoot so. another uh, Instagram video. That would be great. Uh, oh, yeah. Derek... There'll be another glorious always top off. You know, we'll all feel like really inadequate, you know, because that's what he does. You the know. guy has ab muscles that I didn't even know humans could have. So good on him. If I it's if sick- I look like that, sickening. I wouldn't wear a shirt either. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, yeah. If I, if I had a body like that, I would have a shirt on that. <laughs> yeah. Ashley 
Ashley L. sharing some of the uh, post-match comments here. Virgil van Dyke saying, quote, I'm losing faith. It's difficult to say. The VAR should be absolutely clear and obvious with everything they're deciding on. I've seen the still back. I think on live TV, there were no lines being shown. It's all a bit strange. I don't know who was in the VAR room and making that decision. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's going to be a tough... It's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, Kev, there's been, I have to say, this is one of the most heavily moderated, as one of the YouTube moderators, there's been more comments tonight that require review, there's another one, that require review by us yes. moderators on here. And that shows <laughs> I've seen the quite anger. a few of them as well. <laughs> yeah, it but, shows the anger yeah. of all of us as fans, but the one thing that I've, I've seen pretty consistently kept throughout this whole thing is that this could steal us. This could be the intense heat that turns iron into steel sort of thing. Like this could be, you know, a blacksmith working on something that I don't see Liverpool wilting under this. I don't see this a grievance against this club breaking down any of our players. If anything, I see all of the players in our dressing room looking around at each other and the managers and the rest of the coaching staff looking at everybody and going like, fuck these dicks. We're going to win this league. Like we're gonna, and there's been so yeah. many people that are like, watch Liverpool go on a 15 game on like winning run after we've this. Been a we've just been a while. That, I think we should do it again. So it'd be great because I think that's what you could do now. You can literally. That's what it feels like. Yeah. So play on it. Use it. You know, as they always say, turn a positive to a neg- turn a negative into a positive. Use it to your advantage, and that is what else you do. I think Liverpool of last year, if this has happened. I think we'd have got an eight-game losing streak because I just don't yeah. think mentally we were ready to handle any sort of setback we've proven this year. We've had enough setbacks to deal with, some of our own making. Um, and we've come this is the first one where it's not fell for us, you know. Yeah. So go for that. I think Oshi made a great point there. Um it's, I look at this and I think you know that. That'll be the spark that brings the squad together and the camaraderie will push us on to another crazy run. Absolutely it will. I've no doubt in my mind. Um, I know Brighton will feel aggrieved at the result they have today and the performance and what have you, but God help them when they come when we play them next week. It, it's it's going to be one of those games that we're definitely going to go after. That's good. Last um, time we got beat by Spurs, didn't we go to the European final? <laughs> Oh, uh, no, if you see I, the video I, of us losing that game against Spurs with Lovren in what I thought at the time was the last time he would ever put on a Liverpool shirt. Yeah. I was one of those people that said he should never play for us ever again. But God damn, don't those jerseys look good. Those Kiev look, finals. I'm just, looking at, I, I'm just looking at us at the minute thinking we've so many options in so many positions that we've got strength and depth for the first time in a while. We can go after all of these competitions. Well, we and... finished the game with a brand new midfield, and we've still yeah. not yet played. Have we actually played we our main no back forward. four? Have we actually played no. our main back four for any lot of consistent length of time? It doesn't. No, I think I maybe. Don't think Chelsea. so. If Canate was out the first game against Chelsea, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. So I actually don't think they've actually. Um... So oh that's yeah, the second league game against Bournemouth, we started with Trent, Ibu, Virgil, and Robbo at the back. One game. This so, is yeah, why I mean, you keep by going. the way. Yeah. So that's the, way, the thing to look at. We have a consistent team yet, which is also the awesome. Premier League on their official Twitter feed has not commented or made reference to or shared the PGMOL statement once. This is an absolute disaster for the Premier League. 
the fact that the PGMOL are consistently making this level of game-changing mistakes week in, week out. Week in, week out, Demerick Gallagher is probably one of the most watched and downloaded segments on Sky Sports in a Monday morning in Ref Watch. The fact that Howard Webb was brought in to clean this mess up, he's made it 10 times worse. They're more inconsistent. The rules that they brought in at the start of the season are being completely ignored. Now, we'll argue about the red card all day long with Curtis Jones. The fact that they can't even get a fucking line decision right. A blatant line decision. They had the technology there to show them right or wrong. And Chris, you were spot on earlier on what you said. If they had the image, if they had drawn the lines and had the image, they would have blasted that over social media at halftime. That's the that's the what they've done in, in the past. When Would there's been contentious offside decisions, they've blasted it out on social media at halftime. Not a fucking word. Not a peep. The fact that Monday morning, Dermot Gallagher and Stephen Warnock and whoever else is on there with him is going to say, yeah, I was offside. It should have counted. Bloody, bloody, blah. And then the guy Nothing. will go in ref in the championship for a couple of weeks. You know, he'll have, he'll have a week off. Maybe he'll go to fucking Abu Dhabi or Dubai for a week and sun himself. Maybe he'll uh, pimp himself off to the Saudi League. Who fucking knows? Well, Kev, I'm so happy you mentioned the Saudi League because this thought came to me during the game. That I this think that, summer, that's taking that bit back. <laughs> we saw a disturbing trend of the Saudi Premier League going after the top talent in the international footballing community, the best players were not off the market. Nobody was too expensive for them to buy. And yet they never even once inquired about a Bobby Madley, a Simon Hooper, a John Brooks, a Michael, uh, no, Anthony Taylor. How shit are our refs that they're not even being Clattenburg? Like Clattenburg went after he retired from the Premier League. He went over to, what, Qatar or Abu yeah. Dhabi and and repped in their league for a year or two and made in a stupendous amount of money. I think the, Saudi league, the Saudi League will give Jordan Henderson 500,000 pounds a week cash-free, but they wouldn't touch Simon Hooper and the VAR crew, Darren England and co., with a 100 million pound long pole. Is that not saying something? That the Premier League officiating is so poorly thought of that even the Saudis won't try to buy them. It's Here's, the uh, thing if, is, if you're, if you, if you're if you trying can, to get your league on telling more more eyes, what you like, you don't want English refs, do you? Let's be honest. You know, if you've got to get the best you, refs, they'll go they'll go get some ones that are in UEFA because yeah, they're not as incompetent as this this lot. As like Oshin rightly yeah. points out, we saw with the Brentford Everton game, they were trying to slow a goal, they were drawing the line on the wrong fella. And you could see them draw a line on the wrong fella, and then you can see the guy quickly move the line onto the right fella to get it right. You're going, they were literally about we nearly had the same nonsense last week in a completely different game. It's ridiculous. No, I'm sorry. I yeah, look, I know it was being sports, and they're just as good as a guy on Twitter drawing lines on a photo. At the end of the day, the Tell fact you. The, PGMO, the, the fact that the PGMOL didn't release a, bit a, a still of the official image of the lines that they were supposed to have drawn means they didn't fucking do it. Be in sports, 
have literally done no different to what someone does on social media <laughs> and literally got a fucking ruler and a protractor and just went, yeah, that looks right. I'm sorry, it's for it's clickbait. But at yeah. the end of the day, the fact that the PGMOL haven't released a still of the image means they never fucking did it. You can tell by the length of time. We all, we've all watched enough football. We all know how long it takes for the lines to be drawn. They never fucking did it. They didn't do their fucking job. That alone is a sackable offence. You should never be allowed to officiate in the fucking Premier League ever again. It's a, I mean, you can have contentious decisions. You can make decisions and argue the toss over, did he go over the ball? Did he get him high on the ankle? Was it a red card? Should he have stuck with his guns and went for a yellow? You can argue the toss on that all day long. A line decision is matter of fucking fact. And they have the technology at their disposal to draw the fucking lines, make it so that it's right there in your face. They didn't fucking do it. They should be sacked on the spot and never darken the door of a fucking football game again. I wouldn't trust them bastards on a Premier League fucking on a sorry on a Sunday league game. Do you know what? I hope they, I hope they, I hope they get um, City Arsenal next week because I'll be honest. It needs actually it to get like a really big another big game wrong because I think then you'll get the Premier League going. Oh come on, lads! You're literally making us making the whole product look shit now. These are the two biggest games of the weekend, and they all look crap. You know what I mean? Oh, John, my week was start. My week yesterday was. Brilliant! It's got shit shows today. I'm really having the perfect weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, it it started very well. I mean, I like. I feel so bad for Joel Joel Matip. I the this the images of Allison going to him after the match and consoling him. Like, and somebody said there that like whether he has the armband or not, Allison is the captain of our team because of all the amazing plays he makes for us. But it's also things like that, like just the humanity of it. And I really like to see that because I thought I thought Matty played so well today. And he was just so unfortunate that the last kick of the yeah. game effectively goes through the back of our net. I mean, he will never have a better finish. It was better than his finish after his Maisie Ryan game for Leeds last season. The, so. I've seen the video of Darwin. No. Uh, the video of Darwin's up. The whole half fans are still obviously waiting to be let out. But it's for away fans. He's come sprinting out, Darwin. Like... Trains up off Liverpool shirt, so I would point to his badge, and he's he's hyping all the crowd up, getting them all going, this getting them all hyped up. Gal- it's, it's like this a, is going to galvanise the squad. I think that's yeah. what. They, uh, I mean, he's that type of character, Nunes. But I think they're just using it as a we're not down deep. We're gonna we're gonna use this. Let's let's get going. Let's get let's go. With it's this his inner Suarez. Well, it's his inner Suarez. Oh. One but thing, uh, comment there earlier on. Adrian Dickinson made the comment. Mar- VAR made sure that Curtis got sent off. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's still I, 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 the still image was, was yeah. what did him. The fact that the still image was there is ridiculous. I still look. You guys disagree. I still think it's a red card. The fact that that image was the first thing that he saw. Mm. He went looking for evidence to to justify that still image at the end. It's just another example, and I'm not going down. The, I hate going down the conspiracy theory route. I'm not that fucking person. 
You Let's guys do know it, me. And people Kim in the chat Sherlock know hats, me long baby. enough. Let's but do I, it. I, know, I think people in the it's, chat it's, know me long enough. I'm not that fucking guy. But it's hard to fucking get away from it now. That you're getting these decisions, and it's it's pretty consistent. You know, if there's anything consistent with the refereeing and the officials this season, is the fact that we're going to get fucked. By hook or by crooks, we're going to get screwed one way or another. And it's just really unfortunate that the game played out the way it did and we only we ended up losing with an own goal. Because I think Spurs could have been there for another 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, and they still wouldn't have had a clue how to break us down. Yeah. You know, Ange is getting all the fucking products. And I love Ange. I think he's a really good manager. I think he's a great coach. I think Spurs are really entertaining and a good side to watch. But the fact that we took off Son early, took off Madison early, didn't direct his side to play wide and drag us out and try to make two-on-ones to get in around the back. I think Spurs were fucking shockingly poor when we went down to Late in the game, Kev, when they were up two men and the game was 1-1, they brought on Ben Davies and Oliver Skip to try and to win the Hoiberg. game. It's just fresh legs, wasn't it, at that point? Because I'll be honest. Yeah, it was fresh legs, but that, when you look Skip. at it, you think all you know they what? have I was is at... defensive midfielders on their bench. How do Spurs yeah. have five number no. sixes and we have none? They have well, injury issues, but at the same it, time, it look, I look at it and I'm thinking, I was actually more worried about the likes of Ben Davies and Hoiberg coming on. Than I was about the players who were on the pitch, because those players coming on have experience and know-how. Hmm. You know, the manager will have told them something, but those players will know. You're playing against nine. You stretch the fucking pitch. You make it as wide as possible, and you flood the box. They did nothing of that. I thought it was pure dumb luck, and the fact that we're sat here talking about a two-one loss when we should be sat here talking about one-one draw and giving absolute pelters to Spurs is pure, dumb fucking luck. That's all it is. It was nothing that Ange did. It was nothing that Spurs did. It was nothing tactical. It was nothing ingenious. It was pure, dumb fucking luck. Take your luck. You know, you got your three points. Take your luck. Bring your kids onto the pitch to celebrate the luck. Well, let's concentrate also, because let's be fair, apart from Jota, um, all the subs that came on did well for us. Endo was brilliant, you know. Yeah, bless him again. Fucking poor Endo when he comes in the Premier League. It's it's bad enough he comes up with 10 men now. It's nine. I bet you should be like, lads, it's just like a it's like a piss take with Endo. Is that as soon as as soon as Endo appears, we lose players? I, I'm convinced Endo might be a jinx. That's his what? superpower. That's his superpower is that when he appears, one little player just doesn't. They just, they has, just to, has to has to disappear <laughs> for the rest of the game. I'll say this. I'll say this about Endo. I heard this on I can't remember which podcast, but in the week, listened to all the po- uh, post match and build up content for all of Liverpool's games. Somebody saying that Thursday was the first day that Endo's kids were going to school in Liverpool. Yeah. That he finally a- finished his move. That is such a big deal. You know, this, this is, he's at the twilight. He's approaching the twilight of his professional career. His family is of the utmost importance to him. You know, he's not a young up and coming kid where the future in football is the most important thing for him. He's on the down, you know, he's starting the down side of his thing. It's so big for him. 
a lot of people jump to ridiculous conclusions about Endo, but I mean, well, he can only get better luck from here on forward. Like he's going to get the league cup in the Europa league games. I think without question from here on out, like every midweek game, he's starting until Christmas. Right, Chris? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's one thing, uh, loads of traps. I don't blame him. I'm going, oh, it's fun. It's just, fun. it's better fun. Uh, but you gotta love a DM who puts a gum shield and just just stares refs out. I mean, he's more intimidated. You know what I mean? But Gravenberch came on. I thought he, he did well. He gave us a bit of athleticism. Made sense to take McAllister off because you know we could have been down to eight. I had a, I had this sneaky feeling he was gonna send McAllister off a time wasted, walking off the pitch. Mm. Um, you know, Sopasla again was really good. Trent looked good when he came on. I thought defensively he did well, left back and right back. So oh, more minutes in Canati's legs, which is always a good thing. So. You know, that's only like what six goal we've conceded this year. And I think we still have the most points from losing position. So, you know, there's still lots first, of things. First game this season where we've conceded more than one goal. You know, yep. lots of lots of good statistics come from this game. And that's the biggest thing that I'm taking from this. I mean, we've already done an hour and twenty minutes. So sorry, Gav, we've gone we've gone longer than way we're uh, supposed to be doing, but like, just as we round up here, again, everybody, please hit the like button. There's still 250-some of you guys in here watching, you guys, gals, and all of the others. Please hit the thumbs up button for us. Share, like, you know, comment on it. Please join the YouTube chat if you're available. It's come on in tomorrow night. It is going to be spicy, like an Indian takeaway tomorrow night in the chat. So please join for the full-time Reds tomorrow night with Gavin, all the, uh, the people there with us. But Kev... As much as getting zero points, you know, getting our first loss in 17, 18 games, whatever it was, you know, all these streaks broken, I'm having a tough time taking a lot of negatives if I just think about Liverpool. If I eliminate the referees and the PGMOL and all the tinfoil hat stuff, I can only take positives from this, Kev. Like, I am absolutely pumped for Thursday against Union Saint-Gilois in the Europa League at home. And then next weekend away to Brighton. Like this team now, today makes me, I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure it was a fat back four after maybe West Ham at the start of March or April in the quadruple chasing season. There was a fat back four where Shawnee started talking about quadruple chasing. And it was the most Braveheart speech podcast I'd ever listened to. And it just made me swell with positivity about Liverpool. And we almost did unbelievably great things that season and i think that this could be one of those moments for us that it's just a fucking line in the sand you, you know jürgen can get in there there's no better man manager in the entire world of football management than jürgen klopp i'm convinced and that the premier league needs to look out yeah i'm i'm be honest mate i'm not i don't have the vocabulary of a Shawnee lawson but it's um it's that moment you isn't do. it it's yeah. the adversity you can take from defeat. And you're right. Jurgen Klopp is single-handedly the best man manager in world football. He will use this to galvanize this squad as you know, the, the PR stuff is Liverpool 2.0. You know, this is a brand new Liverpool squad who've achieved nothing together. By the end of this season, we're gonna achieve something. I'm convinced of it. I didn't believe it at the start of the season. I didn't know where we, what we could do. I am convinced that we're going to achieve something this season. And this set of players have the technical ability, 
and now they're going to have the heart and the inner belief that the fury, the fury, injustice, indignation, injustice, yes, pissed off, angry, ready for a fight. I'm, I can't wait for Thursday night. I cannot wait to rattle these fuckers when we play them on Thursday night. And the lads who were on the bench tonight, the lads who were sat at home watching this shit, come out on Thursday night in front of a packed Anfield, and Anfield fucking roars these roars this lot home on Thursday night. And then we send them off to Brighton next weekend, and we slap the taste out of their mouth and all. And we really put it up to this league, because the refs aren't going to give us anything. The league aren't going to give us anything. The only thing we can do is fucking take it. Yeah, Take it for what it is. That tonight, it was a 2-1 loss. And against nine men, it took an own goal in the 96th minute to, to beat us. Because they weren't going to fucking do it themselves. Yeah, yeah that's on, why I love this comment from Anthony. This comment from Anthony Gray. Darwin might kill a man. Like that's the that, he might kill, he might that, kill Jota. All that agent of chaos stuff that comes out, he wouldn't because it just guarantees his spot in the team. Like you know, we're picking from four. It's Salah plus two out of the four other forwards, and now it's down to three. So that means that Darwin's going from the start. He's probably going to play three in a row before the international break. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be Jota, Nunez, Doke. I would say against Union, and then Nunez will play against Brighton. With Diaz and, and Salia. There's a decent chance that we play Nunez again. Do we have a Thursday before the international break or does it break no. straight away? No, Brighton's the last game, I think. For the oh, well, yeah, Nunez will start the next two almost nailed on. Like, almost nailed yeah. on. And he and is hopefully, going to... He, hopefully he's yanked out of the next international break. I thought he was just else then, Kev. We're playing these two games and then, sorry, Marcelo, uh, it's picked yeah, that knee's just niggled again. That just niggled yeah, again. It, it'll be fit in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, his bone, his bone spirits are off. He's gonna go need to see an osteopath or something like that. But I mean, this has been uh, come see me all sort, mate. Who's man the match? It's Allison Becker. It's Allison Becker. Uh, because if it's Allison. not for Allison, we lose Virgil. that game four or five. Virgil's times. a good show as well. Oh, to be Virgil fair, looks before, so good. Before Robo. Robert, I thought Robbo was fucking outstanding. Robert, I, so I much Robertson's anybody... covering tackles. We never no. got around to talking about it. The no. amount of times that Robertson was covering on the opposite wing, ridiculous amount of fucking ground he covers. Yeah. No, but I think Virgil was brilliant. I think Robbo was really good. I Joel Gomez was played. really good. Unfortunate thought, at the end. I thought Gomez was really good. No. I thought it was a really good game. I think he just came up yeah. with legs. Joe nobody, was a really good nobody but Jota was below a 7 out of 10. Like, yeah, honestly, we played fact. so well, but we just kept going down another man and another man. Like, if the game would have had 15 extra minutes of added time, we would have been down another man, almost certainly. Like, I think that's just the way the math works. So, do you know what? I was waiting for Nunes to get sent up from the bench because it'd just be, that'd just be our luck. <laughs> Peter, Peter Crowder gets his... First red card. That would have been. What did Nunes uh, get sent? What did Nunes get sent for? He had butted Jotter on his way out because he's so pissed off. He had to sit down. Oh, All right. After tonight's after tonight's show, we're knocking the Jotter stuff on the head. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll, the I'll, the I'll Jota, Yeah, the frustration is there with Jotter because of his idiocy. Listen, I did this with Allison well, in his first season when he had a yeah. 
bollock up against Brighton when he just had a brain yeah. fart. <laughs> What's the game's number five? This shit happens. Yeah. Just one thing for yeah. I, Can I be self-indulgent for one minute if that's allowed? Um, women's show went live today. So that's on YouTube. So, you know, what's a bit cheery. That That's on there. It's me, Philip Sword, and Emma Sanders. And if you haven't seen it, um, I surprisingly got invited to a media day at Liverpool yesterday. So on our Twitter feed and our Instagram feed is pictures from inside Melwood, uh, pictures of the of the women training. Uh, I managed to get a, a 90 second interview with Missy Bo Kearns. I uh, got sitting in the, the press conference with Matt Beard. So a bit of a, bit of a wild bucket list day. Uh, as Kev knows, I've been following women's football now for about seven years. So I've gone from a fat lad who mentioned it occasionally on pods to go to a media day, which is all a bit surreal to be honest so and the women's game kick off tomorrow they've got i mean they've got a bastard of an opening game away to arsenal and unfortunately i think we've got quite a few players out with illness and injury so you know could be interesting but yeah so yeah so that's, I, my, that's my little self i, I, I love the the stuff you shared in our telegram group chris and it's uh it's available across uh twitter or whatever it's called nowadays now i that's that's so great for you, man. You do a, you do a ton of good work around the women's team, and you're really invested in it. I I unfortunately just don't have. There's only so many hours in the day to you know give to I'll, different things. I'll get you converted, and, man. Yeah, it's hey. I believe me. If I could go to the games, I love the idea of an affordable ticket to go and watch top level sport. You know, whether it's men's or women's, it's so hard to get a, a decent cost for any ticket to go see any sporting event nowadays you know even the canadian football league the tickets are getting just absolutely outrageous so it's great what they're doing to build the game and you're a part of that so i'm super happy you got to go and experience that and go see melwood uh recovered from whatever weird limbo it was caught in there for a couple years why liverpool ever let melwood mm -hmm. out of their grasp is beyond my understanding but yeah they've openly admitted that if they could go back in time they wouldn't have done what they did but yeah. luckily Carragher and fowler took it over yeah so that's helped yeah i mean that's great and uh that that podcast i'm gonna have to give that a listen here this weekend uh i mean philip the smallwood and emma saunders that's those are heavy hitters right there that's like the oh, that's like the stuff. early days of the lsc day trippers getting like proper accredited journalists on <laughs> with you for shows not just Gosh. kevin myself you know just just the eye candy and the uh all the extra words but yeah i mean I, it's again i can't wait kev i know uh almost certainly you'll be there tomorrow night chris as well in the chat for the fat back four there's nothing quite like uh a fat back four after a spicy weekend's worth of football to uh really top it all off so you got any parting words before you get out of here kev uh enjoy saturday night i'm, I'm glad of the fact that after one hour and 27 minutes and 52 seconds we're all in the chat and we're all and us on screen we're smiling We've yeah. lost 2-1, we're smiling because we know there's better things to come. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean good good luck to good luck to Spurs. Spurs are far better than I thought they'd be at the start of the season before understanding what Ange Ball was actually about. Good for them. I said some unsavory things towards my brother-in-law who is a Spurs fan today about uh, the a, result of today's game, but hey, water under the bridge. Water under the bridge. Uh anything else before we get out of here, Chris? No, nothing for me. I've done my piece. All right. That sounds all good. So, yeah. Again, if you're watching us on your way out, if you haven't already, hit the thumbs up button on YouTube. If you're listening on a podcast download after the fact, thank you for joining us on Full-Time Reds. We really, really, really appreciate it. Give us a five-star rating. Share it with any of your friends that are into the football or Liverpool fans especially because I think we do a pretty decent job over here on the LFC Day Trippers. 
Get involved in the live YouTube chat if you can, because it is the best chat going out there for Liverpool content. We have an unbelievable community of people in here. So I wish you all a good Saturday evening. Please tune in tomorrow night. It's 24 and a half hours until the Fat Pack 4, and I, for one, cannot wait. But this has been Full-Time Reds. It finished very disappointingly at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Tottenham 2 slash referees 2, Liverpool 1. We'll see you guys on the next Full-Time Reds. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.